Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello, and how are you going? Welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to to get the best out of you. And today, we are talking to Anitra, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Surgical Realities. And I was absolutely intrigued when I met Anitra at an event in Sydney and just amazed at the research and the work that she's doing around virtual reality. So welcome, Anitra. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. So Anitra, share with all of us your story. How did you come to be doing this amazing work with virtual reality? Sure. Yeah, so my um, my background, I've, I've done a, a degree in communications. Um, specifically, I've focused on change management. Um, my time in the mining industry, in particular working with Mine of the Future, uh, with Rio Tinto, introducing new autonomous um, trucks and drills into the uh, Pilbara operations, saw me, um, I guess, working very closely with the leadership team and, and particularly the workforce, allaying fears when it comes to um, the introduction of, of new technologies and you know, job losses and you know what that means for them. Um, so that was, I guess, a, a time in my career where I really felt um, there's, there's a huge opportunity here to add value with you know the evolving technology that we have and with the rapidly um, changing um, workspace or workplace that we have today with, with technology, an opportunity to. Um, uh, make a real difference. So I, I decided to um, study psychology, understand uh, human behaviour, and, and um, a, a little bit more. And um, in, in recent times, uh, my, my passion for, for psychology and my passion for technology has seen, yes, the the establishment of Surgical Realities, which is um, a company where we we're basically looking at the introduction of technology into the health industry. Um, and obviously we're doing a lot of research uh, behind that as well. So it all sounds very cool. Like, so what, what would it look like? So what, what's, how does that technology meet in, with the health industry? Where does it get married up? Yeah, look, our focus is um, largely around um, anxiety and both procedural and, and chronic pain and how virtual reality can, 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 can reduce um, those, those uh, symptoms. So... Uh, we have one particular study that uh, we're really excited about and we're seeing some um, really early, great early indications and that's looking at um, virtual reality and its role in reducing preoperative anxiety. Now, preoperative anxiety is closely linked with um, longer hospital stay, increased levels of experienced pain and uh, increased use of analgesics. And um, 
So if we can use preoperative, uh, sorry, if we can use virtual reality to to uh, reduce that anxiety people feel before they go in for an operation, I think uh, it would be awesome for not just the patient but also the the, the hospitals and, and the government from a, from a cost perspective as well. It would um, uh, free up beds in in a in a in a in a system that is obviously in, um, under a lot of pressure already. So the idea is that when someone presents to to have a surgical procedure, that they well you could you must live on a really noisy street. There lots of oh, we've got, a, I've got a motorbike at the back. Sorry. <laughs> so so what happens is that they um, that when people present to surgery, they um, are maybe feeling a bit anxious, and that anxiety actually leads to a delayed recovery. Is that what you're saying? Or, or the yeah. theory is that not being anxious might improve recovery. Yes, uh, not being anxious to, to improve recovery rates. So, yeah, what, what we do is we immerse people in a beautiful beach environment. You, you're in. Typically, people come into a hospital and, and they have two hours that they're waiting in a preoperative waiting bay. In that time, they can really start. To, you know, if you, you tend to be a little anxious, this is the time where it's often at its worst, and you know they're thinking of all the potential risks of the surgery. Uh, often nowadays, um, you, you meet with the um, anaesthetist the day of the surgery. You often don't see them a day, you know, a week or two prior. So there's a, a lot on the day and some, potentially some questions that perhaps um, are only answered there and then as opposed to a week or two before. So um, what we do is we, we immerse them in a beautiful beach environment. You look up, down, 360 degrees around you and you have a beautiful tranquil beach environment and as an audio we have a lovely progressive muscle relaxation kind of technique overlaid and so people sit there for around 10 minutes we measure their galvanic skin response we measure um, their heart rate blood pressure saliva cortisol levels and also do a little survey and and in this um, certainly early indications is, is that yeah it's, it's significantly reducing their um, their anxiety uh, certainly as an experience, they're loving it. There's some really great feedback, and and it's something which uh, I think would be an amazing tool for hospitals to uh, to use uh, moving forward uh, for any of those patients that do experience anxiety. And as, as we know, anxiety is, um, is is very common, uh, and for these major events like like a major operation, I think it would be a really powerful tool. Um, you know, to, to, to have across the board at, at our hospitals. We've got another study which is, um, we've just extended this study to, so this current, so this current study is happening at uh, Hollywood Private Hospital uh, in Perth, Western Australia, which is where we're based, um, and we've just got uh, a public hospital in, in Launceston who are now looking to replicate this study in the private sector, which wow, is really exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. So for the people who may have not done um, any psych research you were talking there about measuring some different aspects of anxiety so do you measure them before they go into the virtual reality or after the virtual reality yeah both both yeah, we measure, so, measure before and after yeah. so you said those galvanic skin rumors so you're measuring like sweat and skin temperature and things like that that's right yeah so um you're, you're, so what happens to our body when we're anxious what do you what do you see in the measurements when someone is actually quite anxious at those appointments what kind of measurements do you get uh, definitely an increased levels of uh, cortisol. Um, that's measured through the, the stress hormones. Yeah, the stress, that's the stress, stress hormone. hormone. Yep. Yep. That's, um, uh, cortisol. And um, certainly the galvanic skin response, that 
that's basically a, a measure using electronic, a very small electronic pulse that um, is attached to your finger. And obviously, water is conductive or sweat is conductive. So the more sweat you have, which is a, a natural response to anxiety, uh, even in its minute form, it is picked up with the GSR machine. Wow. Uh, heart rate, blood, blood pressure also, obviously, um, measured as well. So how is the image... I have for the first, when you started to describe that, the first thing I saw was sort of like something like that you might see on a Wii or a PlayStation, sort of a bit digitised. Is it a digitised image or is it more like an actual someone's filmed beach? It, in this instance, uh, for this study, it is a digitised um, environment and you can actually look down and change uh, the body. So you look down, you know, obviously you've got a 360 view. If you look down, you can actually change the body that is um, so you make yourself so, like skinny and tall yeah <laughs> it's got the option for male and female and um so there's and, there's and nude bits color, so they looked at, can i look down and see like their actual anatomical yes. bits oh really yes yeah are they, yeah are they are they dressed or nude yeah they're in bathers you've got oh, right okay. yeah, yeah you've got <laughs> so little can, uh, board shorts for the oh, men there's and, no uh, budgie smugglers or anything no 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 there's a two-piece for the women but uh <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah, board shorts for the man, and um, yeah, look, it's 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 lovely. It's it, it's great in that um, yeah, you, you can look down and, and actually see a uh, you know, a person, even though it's not exactly you. It uh, it kind of helps to, to to make it a little more real. It is a computer generated environment, though, and um, that's why we've also filmed uh, a separate uh, beach environment just for our own purposes um, at a beautiful beach in Waterman's Bay uh, here in Perth along the gorgeous coastline we have and um, that you know, if you look down there you've just got um, you know it's typical of the tripod but we've, we've you know, used graphics to, to cover that over and you've just got beach sand um, but yeah so yeah, there's, there's a lot there's, I think um, a future study is going to look at the um, the difference between you know, computer generated versus video, and and just how significantly uh, how, how beneficial video would be over over CGI, which I, I suspect would be um, a huge improvement on this study if we did it again. Okay, so like, is it like the, whether the visual and the audio, or one or the other, and how they combine to improve the patient's experience in order to get that reduction in anxiety and stress prior to surgery. Yes, yes. and that's all the that's all the kind of research that we need to be doing on virtual reality. This is the very start of. Um, we're really at the at the you know at the very start of this whole journey when it comes to virtual reality, and uh, I think learning how. Uh, human perceptual system best engages with this technology is something that uh, we're putting a lot of effort into over the next uh, six months in particular. Yeah, so are there applications that you can imagine? I, I know they may not be in the research that you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So is there applications in terms of perhaps, like you were saying, someone looking down and they look at their body, you know, in terms of pain management or amputees, is there any any kind of research that you've come across in preparing your own research that looks at virtual reality used in other health contexts? Um, yes, absolutely. Well, there's some studies uh, where they've used virtual reality and uh, in use for, for treating phantom limb pain. Um, ah, yes, because is there a guy who did the thing with the mirror where yes. 
The mirror box, that's right. Yes, which is yeah. like, you know, old school. Well, not old yeah. school. It was very, you know, pioneering in terms of neural pathways and how our brain, yeah. you know, lays down information and retrieves information based on things other than the pathway, so what we see visually and experience. So, so yeah, I can see virtual reality has that same – it creates an experience of a limb, you know, exactly. that maybe – because don't they say that if – if, for example, there's been a lot of pain, like a, a, a hand crush injury, say, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of pain in that hand and then they amputate the hand, then mm-hmm. the pathways are still set up to experience a great deal of pain. So yes. what they did, correct me if I'm wrong, so what they did is they had placed a mirror where it would appear that it was, say, the person's left hand, but actually it was just a reflection of the right hand. And it was tricking the brain into thinking that actually that left hand is fine and healthy and pain-free. And so new pathways were being laid down that were replacing the pain pathway. Now, is that all? (laughs) No, you're you're, you're spot on. And that's because they've used the visual system to look at, uh, I guess, certainly the study I saw, the pain was was felt... um, I guess the sensation that the patient was feeling was very much that their hand felt it was being clenched, tightly clenched. So um, by seeing a mirrored image of a hand that wasn't clenched and um, you know, relaxed, in fact, the visual system saw that close the circuit and it was, it was therefore able to, 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 to release um, or reduce the, the experience to pain. Very clever. Through, through the pain it? maps. It is really clever, I, exactly. And that's where virtual reality really offers um, the opportunity to create environments and create um, a bit computer-generated or filmed where you have the ability to change the, the, the physiological and psychological responses that, that, that people, uh, like, like phobias, for example, um, uh, like a graded exposure opportunity. Graded, exactly, exactly. So graded exposure, if you're listening and haven't come across that before, is where you might expose, someone's afraid of spiders, for example, or mice or lizards or frogs or whatever. Mm. Um, actually, I had an experience with a toad the other day, my first new, living in the new house in Queensland, my, my first toad <laughs> experience going out to the oh. at night. Um, so, um, so what would happen is that the first mm-hmm. exposure to that would be paired with some relaxation relaxation so that person would be uh, given some psychoeducation so training and calming down their mind and body and then the exposure would come in it's like so okay here's a picture of a spider that's like a drawing or an illustration not actually a photo and then they would use their relaxation strategies while looking at the image and they would get increase their comfort with the image and then once a certain level of comfort has been reached or time then they might be exposed to an actual photograph of a spider that's fairly you know like a daddy long legs and then maybe the next photo might be a tarantula and they would as they relax and become comfortable with each stage they move up and hopefully you the person would get to the point where they can even maybe handle a spider either Mm. in a clear container or actually hold a spider yes. or, mu- or mouse, whatever the case might be, or needles, you know, whatever they might be afraid of. So, yeah, that would be really cool. So have you have you trialled that or? No, I haven't. I look, it's something we, we might look to do. Um, our specialty at the moment and certainly the, the universities that we're working with have, have more of a focus on, on pain and, um, and anxiety. But uh, it, uh, look, at so more, more so pain, a little bit of anxiety, but uh, look, it is something that uh, we'll, we'll look to investigate into the future for sure. 
so someone can have an experience of being in a certain situation that might be harder to be like obviously getting pictures of spiders and samples of spiders is relatively easy Um, but perhaps people who even geographic locations I've had clients in the past where it's a geographical location that they're afraid to return to and you know if this is a random location then that might mean that it wouldn't affect their everyday functioning mm-hmm. but if it's in fact a geographical location that they have to go to um, as part of their work or um, everyday life functioning then that can be pose a limitation so it can be very hard to expose them to small parts of that geographic location um, and sometimes it's done mm. by, you know, driving past, then walking past, then walking up to the doors or being inside for 30 seconds, those wow. kinds of things. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you can see why the virtual reality might provide um, some of those earlier stages of experience around. Yes. Yeah, because because you really can create any environment you want. Yeah, it could be yeah. You could have a static spider, and then it could grow larger, or it could start moving. And there's, yeah, there, there's you could really tailor it specifically to the patient's uh, patient's fears. So, had you been sort of a, like I mean I know you had worked you were saying about working in the mines, mm-hmm. but do do you um, find that now you've sort of really grown in your technical skills as well around understanding the actual technology behind it? Absolutely. Uh, and look, everyone is growing. This is such a new area that um, we're all learning. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. There's you know so many different. There's a lot coming out of Silicon Valley, but even in in Australia, uh, there, there is uh, some amazing uh, skill set already. Our our, um, our artistic director, who's doing a lot of our our filming, his background is in. Um, standard 2D filming and um, he's picked it up incredibly quickly and, and everyone has had to because it's it's just this this juggernaut that is is moving forward and it's um it's really the opportunities are just opening up opening up and opening up it's um in the health space there's a there's a conference coming up um, called next med that's um in April next year and that's where the medical fraternity, um, who are particularly interested in innovative technologies, get together, and I'm very much looking forward to attending that one in April next year. Yeah, that'd be really mm-hmm. exciting. So, mm-hmm. how are you? Being, how are patients receiving this? So, do they sort of, you know, walk into the waiting area, and you sort of walk up with some headgear and bits and pieces <laughs> and say, "Hey, would you like to try out this?" <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for, for the for the study, we've we've obviously pre-consented them, and and while they're waiting in their bed for that two-hour period, we have about thirty minutes of that time where once the nurses have finished prepping them, we we head in and we um we yeah have a, have a chat to them, and obviously depending on what group they've been randomised into, we we give them the the the, the VI headset. Um, we also there's a control group uh, which receives standard care, and then the the, the the other group which is a an iPad group because of course we want to understand if um, if it's the, you know, I guess the... The, the immersion. The, the immersion component, yeah, composed uh, as opposed to just a, a standard video. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, like I know you're doing research and you're collecting data and we can have a chat about that in a second. Yeah. But what, what's the people who are in the group that are doing the virtual reality mm-hmm. experience, what are they saying to you when they take the gear off? Like are they... <laughs> Yeah, look, we've had some uh, incredible responses. Most of them are just are loving it. Um, and then the rest of them have actually fallen asleep. There's been quite a number of people that in the study have just found it so relaxing. I, we, we come back in after 10 minutes and they're, 
you know, they're snoring there in the bed. Or they, they, they come out and say, oh, can I have another 10 minutes, please? It's, um, it's been a, an overwhelmingly positive response from, as, as an experience for the, for the patients. Uh, and that alone I think is powerful. Yeah. And have any of them been a bit resistant? Like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't ever do that kind of stuff or um, and not, um, not sure if it will work for them or are most people pretty open to something that's going to calm them in that particular moment? Look, the, the, the patients are first advised about the study when they're in with their um, orthopaedic surgeon and, uh, and obviously after that the paperwork is done by the clinic manager who's, who's kindly consenting all the patients for the study and um, it's, they have been, they've found recruitment surprisingly easy. I think people are, are intrigued and interested in virtual reality and its, its potential application and at, at the end of the day it's designed to make their experience more enjoyable. So um, I guess in, in, on the other hand I'm kind of not surprised that people are, are so willing. Um, if anything they're more disappointed that they're not in the VR group and that they're in the control group when that Oh when man, that I, <laughs> yeah. it's like a normal group or exactly. I get the iPad. <laughs> exactly. Oh that's great. So Tell me, what have you learned about people through your experience of creating this this program and this research? I I guess I've learned just how 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 common preoperative anxiety can be, and and that today everyone you know they've just soldiered through it. They 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 have their procedure and they they come out the other end, and um, it's I think. Uh, in, incredible how our people just you know they soldier on through these environments and um, these experiences and and um, they come out the other side triumphant you know um, I think yeah I, 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 I guess I've learned that and I, I see um, that's why I see I guess so much opportunity here for for an opportunity yeah to to help um, in that in that short window of time um, to make that experience a, a lot more enjoyable and um, and relieving for them. It's really amazing, isn't it, that that what seems such a a you know just a, a thing that you could do before surgery could have such a profound effect on their health mm. and recovery later, or the speed yes. of recovery. You know, it's really interesting about how restorative and healing, calming the mind can be. You know, um, mm. and certainly in previous podcasts, you know, we touch on Very this much. idea a lot. You mm. know that. That we know this, but how mm. much do we we do it? It's like it, you know. Again, I, I often refer to you know knowing what to eat or knowing about exercise or knowing or owning my treadmill. You know, none of those make any difference. Mm. It's 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 the the action you take to get into that state yourself, which can provide the healing. You know, and exactly. Yeah. And and VR really does, or virtual reality does offer. You know, I guess it's it's so. It, 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 it really does hijack your perceptual system, your visual, your audio system. It, it really does feel like you're there. So it does help for those that are, are really trying to practice um, mindfulness techniques. It does, it's a, it's a huge, um, uh, it, it certainly helps in a significant way, especially when you're, you might be in a, a busy office environment or, a, you know, a busy nursing ward, you know, where the environment itself is not necessarily the calmest. It does help you to, um, to, to disconnect, guess, achieve, um, disconnect, yeah, yeah and, and achieve some of those, um, those, um, those, those nice physiological and, and psychological effects. Yeah. What about you? What have you learned about yourself in in coming into this world and seeing people go through this process? What have you learned about yourself? I guess I've learned just how 
how much of a motivator um, inspiration can be. I, I think I, I thought I was motivated in my past career, but now I realise just how when you align your work to your highest values in, in helping people, um, you, you don't, you, I guess you, you not only have a lot of fun in doing it, but doors continue to open for you. And um, I think, yeah, I've, I've learned that um, it, it, just to, 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 to keep following that, um, that, that gut instinct of, you know, what, what really is my highest value. That, that passion and purpose. That passion. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's amazing. So what do you do? I mean, I know it's a bit different from virtual reality. I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe you have, maybe you virtual reality all the time. <laughs> so what kind of things do you do to keep yourself balanced and focused while you're doing this intense work? Um, I guess uh, first thing I do, certainly, you know, in the day in, day out, you, know, you get swept up in the busy pace and I find often uh, I just – when I notice I'm, I'm kind of um, just in that flustered moment, I, I stop and I take three deep breaths. I often find my voice often goes to a higher octave as well and I find I just need to uh, – I, I reset that down to a lower, more comfortable octave. I, um, I, it, I just find it grounds me and it keeps me connected with my purpose. So that's one thing. I take three deep breaths and I just – you know, just just speak lower, that like lower no. and slower. Yeah, I don't, yeah. no, I tell clients really that all the time. Just, oh, just be, don't worry. Yeah. I do it <laughs> because they do. They sometimes speaking really fast and things are happening too much. It's like, yeah. how about you just try to slow your speech and lower yes. to a much more calmer tone, yes. and see if your body catches up. You know, exactly. Because sometimes we're trying to keep up with our, our thoughts and our thoughts are racing. So if we try and speed up our speech to match the thoughts, we just get all yes. tangled up. Absolutely. So slowing it. I like that. Yes, that's a good yes. Actually, and I don't think any other guest on tap has ever mentioned that before. So that's a really good one. Oh, oh good. <laughs> now, the other ones are a little more straightforward. That's basically one, I, I take my time in the shower every morning to think of what I'm really grateful about. It really gives me and keeps my life into perspective and um, gives me the drive to want to keep giving back and, and, and make a difference in my work. So just what I'm really grateful for is a huge motivator. Um, also, I just keep a good diet. I listen to my body and I sense how I feel after certain foods. Um, if I don't feel well, I keep clear of those foods. And I I guess um, I, I, I know when I'm not mentally and physically at my best. So I know that's for me. It's, it's lactose, gluten and sugar. Uh, everybody's different. But for me, that's that's certainly how I how I, um, how I how I sense it so um, I keep these foods to a minimum and, and really for special occasions so yeah good diets it's important gut, gut health in particular very important mm, very interesting so what about people who are interested in your research or um, there might be some GPs listening who want to um, maybe find out where it's all happening how can people find you and your products and programs yeah, look, we post everything we do on our Facebook page, which is uh, Surgical Realities. Also, our website has uh, a little bit of information. That's um, surgicalrealities.com. So, yeah, by all means, uh, visit those and then you'll be kept up to date on our website. I'm also um, contact. My details are, are there if anyone ever wanted to call and have a chat. I'm always open to um, speaking to more people. 
Yes, I've really enjoyed hearing about this, Anitra, and I think the the possibilities in terms of assisting people heal and recover is just incredible, you know, in and managing anxiety and phobias. As you said, I think it's very exciting stuff and, you know, really lovely to hear about how much that's also inspiring you and, and, and giving you further depth to your interest and passion in in helping others it's just amazing to hear and i really have loved having you the tap listener with us today please spread the word and tell your friends to listen to and subscribe to tap in itunes and don't forget to give the show a five-star rating if you liked it and if you enjoy the podcast and learning about strategies to improve your mood and psychological health please visit carriethompsoncasey.com Thank you for joining me and see you on the next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist where we share real people's stories and give you real ideas so that you can realise your potential. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on The Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Catch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.